It's the MMM Podcast in partnership with Spectrum Science. Hello and welcome to the MMM Podcast. My name is Jack O'Brien. I'm the digital editor at MMM. I'm joined today by two guests, Chathan Vijay Vergia, the chief scientific officer at Spectrum Science, and Jennifer Von Glan, vice president of group interaction design supervisor. How are you both doing today? Great. Good. Hey, Jack. How are you? I'm doing well. I appreciate you both being on the show. The first question is really just kind of a baseline get to know you question. Chathan, I'm going to start with you and then Jennifer, feel free to hop in. You know, give us a little bit of your background. How'd you end up at Spectrum? What's your career trajectory? Ooh, career trajectory. You know, I don't think I ever woke up saying, hey, one day I'm going to be in healthcare advertising or healthcare marketing. But my background, I'm a biochemist by training, uh, applied that in the field of neuroscience. Uh, and then once I got my doctorate, I bailed on academia and kind of came to the dark side. At least that's what they were calling it back then. You know, I, I kind of look at it as the, as the bright side. And, you know, I've been kind of working in this space 20 plus years of, of really, you know, that, that, that nexus between scientific and commercial strategy from a healthcare marketing perspective. And I think ultimately, like, you know, I'm not even sure why I'm here today, but I think because Jennifer, JVG, as I like to affectionately call her, um, JVG is the real expert here. But, you know, uh, what I've been doing for the past 20 plus years is really taking complex information and trying to distill it down into a simple, uh, a simpler way to, to talk about, it, you know, whatever that content is. So it's really distilling that complex science to something simple. And maybe that's why it's a little relevant. So what we're about to talk about today. That was a long way for a sandwich. Sorry, JVG. No, I mean, I, I find it so funny that we have such similar and disparate backgrounds and do such similar and disparate things all within the same place of time, telling those scientific stories creatively. So it's really interesting to, to play off of one another of like where we've gone and been and come from and are now because it's crazy what you can do with your life. Absolutely. <laughs> I guess that rolls into my introduction then. Um, yes, Jennifer Von Glan or JVG is as I'm affectionately always called. I also have a varied history of myself. I was a pre-med student in college who uh, destroyed all of my parents' dreams by saying the last semester of school, I want to become an artist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as it goes. So uh, while I spent many years studying biology, anatomy, evolution, anthropology, chemistry, even. I ended up putting together a portfolio and getting a master's of biomedical visualization. So that that perfect nexus of uh, medical art uh, and all the different ways we visualize it. Um, from there, I spent one short summer illustrating a radiology textbook. My, my artist uh, future was quick. Uh, and from there, I've spent the rest of my career in healthcare advertising. So now I'm a creative director for a wonderfully fun group of individuals and uh, get to work with Jason and the team every day as we, yeah, bring, bring it together that science and art. I just best in my worlds. I, I'm happy it all worked out. <laughs> I appreciate you both giving us, you know, your kind of uh, long winding road to where you are today. And I kind of wanted to piggyback off of what Chathan had brought up earlier in terms of talking about data visualization and how it relates to effective storytelling. And so JVG, I have a question for you, which is what is data visualization and how do you see it relating to effective storytelling? Yeah, I mean, at its core, data visualization is really taking those very dynamic, complicated, compelling narratives and 
bringing them to our different audiences through whether it's graphics, diagrams, different types of visuals in order to allow us to tell those better stories um, in really compelling ways because there's often in healthcare so much to those stories. So we want to make them very engaging, really keep people curious and interested. And so we can do that through data visualization and the stories that they tell. I like to think of it as, as the full progress of history and how we've told those stories. So everything from, you know, the, the Capes of Lascaux, that's data visualization, um, showing how the hunters were looking for prey back in the day. Um, and as a designer, I would be remiss to not mention Edward Tufte. I think a lot in the creative field um, owe data visualization and its more recent success to Edward Tufte uh, as like the father of modern stat- statistics and visualizations. Um, and you have to pardon this entire podcast is going to be about visualizations in an audio format. So it's going to be a lot of descriptors here. Uh, <laughs> But Tufty's best example um, and the most compelling one that I like to give is this beautiful map of Europe that showcases Napoleon's march to Russia. And you uh, can see this map of Europe with the line documenting uh, the troops and all of their battle points between France and Russia uh, and what the numbers of troops he had. And so he does this expertly in this map by the thickness of the line. And so he starts with a very heavy, extra bold line at the beginning of his march. And you can see as he hits at every point all the way to Russia, that line gets thinner and thinner until he hits Moscow, disseminates the troops, and on his route back to France, it is nothing but a thin stripe line into France. Uh, and so... Your average person could read many, many chapters of maybe a dry history book, or you can just look at this map and you very quickly see a very detailed description of what happened to those troops. Um, And that at its core is data visualization of piquing that interest, driving that curiosity. And then maybe if you really liked that map, you're going to go read the rest of the history book because you want to find out more. But I, I think that's... No, no creative would be remiss without mentioning uh, Tufty. But certainly, you know, Chetan and I have been talking about you know, such more modern applications that we've even been seeing in the past couple of weeks in even journal publications, um, in newspaper articles and things to document submarines and uh, wildfire. Yeah, no, for sure. I think, listen, at, at the very core, it's about visual representation of data. But then I think... You know, at our our perspective of spectrum, it's it's a little more than just visual representation of data, but it's also how are you telling stories with that, right? Um, so, and and so one of the original data visualizations I I remember actually was just even think about like the the pain chart, the smiley face. You're communicating emotional data, physical and emotional data vis a vis these these faces, right? So you know, I think that's kind of. The part where when we think about it at Spectrum, it's more about, yes, we can accurately represent the data visually, but more importantly, what's the story that we're trying to tell? Because ultimately, we want that that visualization to be sticky, 
I do like in the conversation about data visualization, we've run the gamut from Napoleon's uh, attempts to conquer Russia to the pain chart that I remember seeing for the first time when I was probably four or five years old. So I'm glad that we uh, were starting off the conversation on a a strong (laughs) note there. And so JVG just brought up the point about Napoleon's attempts to conquer Russia and how that can be shown in a data visualization as opposed to maybe, say, reading a whole textbook. Chathan, when it comes to being able to have the brain process data in a different way like that through visualizations, how does that happen from a scientific perspective? Right, right. What's that kind of neurobiology of of data visualization? Well, you know, it's really, you know, data visualizations are so effective because they really shift that balance between perception and cognition, right? Take better advantage of the brain's abilities. Uh, You may or may not know this, but we process visually much faster than we do if we have to read something. So about 60,000 times faster. If I I were to show you a circle versus the word circle on a page, you'd be processing that about 60,000 times faster. And that's really because, you know, visual perception is handled by the visual cortex and, and, and it's a very extremely fast bit of circuitry, if you will. And very efficient. But on the other hand, you have cognition, right? When you read a word, the, the words and the letters have to be in context of each other and relative. And then that goes through a different center throughout the brain. And, and that's handled predominantly uh, by your, your cerebral cortex, right? And that's slower and it's a little less efficient. So ultimately, this means that traditional data sense making and presentation methods, like a PowerPoint or whatever, requires, I think, more conscious thinking and it requires a lot more work than just visually being able to see something and then have it go straight to that intuitive uh, area within the brain. So I think, you know, at the end of the day, that's my my long-winded way to tell you a little bit about why data visualization is so impactful. And I guess that kind of leads into a follow-up question in terms of best practices, because it can't just be, oh, let's take the word circle and turn it into a circle. There have to be some sort of processes that go into place where it's like, this is the best way that we're trying to communicate with our audience. What are some of those that you could share? I think, you know, from the experience that we have from a healthcare marketing perspective, I think one, really, we have to, you have to know your audience, right? And, and I think that that whole idea of knowing your audience is about keeping the user at the center of whatever your design for that data visualization is going to be. And, you know, at Spectrum, we have a, a range of, you know, research and insight gathering that we do from qualitative to quantitative. And that's all just trying to get to better understand our key stakeholders or the audience, right? I think, Another thing that's kind of, you know, while I'm not a social guru, I think that data has become more social, right, recently. And, and I, I, it's often shared uh, on various social channels. And I think we have to keep that in mind as we start to create, um, um, you know, these, these visualizations. Because, listen, I, <laughs> the other day I, I, I created a video that I was going to post on TikTok. And my, my wife's nephew, who's in college, you know, she was kind of our consultant. And she's like, no, 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 no. This is 57 seconds long. It needs to be 15 seconds long, right? So that was a learning for me, obviously. <laughs> but the whole point is that, uh, you know, it's it brings up the old adage, less is more, especially in this world of social, right? I think um, JVG was talking about this and, and we were hitting upon this idea of data visualization being more than just representing data, but storytelling. Right, because at the end of the day, numbers and facts don't really create an emotional connection with audiences per se. For example, Jack, if I told you that six hundred thousand people died of cancer in the U.S. last year, you know, I might have your attention. But if I were to turn that around and say, uh, you know, I lost my eight-year-old daughter to cancer a year ago, 
I definitely have your attention mm-hmm. now, right? And that's because it's about, you know, what are the different ways that you might be able to personalize your data visualization um, to help it become more sticky with your audiences? And ultimately, the best way to personalize something brings us back to number one, which was know your audience, right? And then lastly, I don't know if this is the ba- best practice, but uh, I find the, the use of visual metaphors to be a really good way to grab attention uh, and retain information. Probably one of the most stickiest visual metaphors that have stuck with me since I was a kid was the old, uh, the old uh, this is your brain. It was an egg, mm-hmm. you crack it on a hot frying pan. This is your brain on drugs. Any more questions was kind of, I think the last. And I gotta be honest with you, like that created such a visceral reaction for me. Uh, it, it scared it scared the, the crap out of me, right? So it definitely kept me off drugs, but it's that kind of visual analogy that can uh, you know attack other senses within your brain uh, and other pathways that are going on to make it stick. So yeah, and I think it's those best practices that are really setting us up for success, um, letting us, letting our teams do the research, find our audiences, find the best medium to reach them, and then coming up with the best way to tell those stories in emotional, engaging ways. That's where you're going to get really great data visualizations or just great visual storytelling. Um, you know, when we need to be quick, sometimes an ad is as simple as an overflowing balloon uh, that's being pinched shut from the water coming out of it. You know, right there, you understand you're trying to close up that gap. And uh, now we've told the story about bladder control and, and you're done. Uh, so, you know, that visual storytelling talks about data, talks about a complicated subject, breaks it down very quickly and hits on all of the parts and pieces that, as Jason was saying, the brain needs for a really impactful and compelling piece. JVG, I think I need a bio break after that. (laughs) (laughs) If this next question can serve as something of a bio break, I am really curious if there are any sort of examples in which you've been able to overcome a challenge using data visualizations or just one that really stands out to you where you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like you bring up the bladder example, but one where you're like, oh, we took this kind of complicated thought and we're able to express in a rather simple way that resonates with the audience. Yeah, well, so I have one that's a complicated thought um, that's, so complicated that we had to break it down in engaging ways. And I, I, so I have a couple examples. I think the first good example of recent mind is one we did for a cancer testing institution um, where they came to us and said that they wanted to be able to provide some pretty robust content to patients, you know, content that typically we would probably only present to doctors um, because it's just not necessarily for that audience. Um, But diving into biomarkers and what type of prognosis they can expect and what kind of tests and drugs they might be put on. And cancer is far-reaching. So that is a many-chaptered, multi-page piece of potential material. Um, But through our research and thinking about our audience and the best medium for that solution, what we ended up doing was uh, an interactive piece on their website where any patient could interact with the human body and select uh, a cancer type they were interested in in learning about. Um, From our research, we knew that a lot of uh, cancer patients, cancer caregivers uh, are doing the work. They're, They're online. They're on the internet. They want to find out more. They're you know, putting in the legwork to come to their doctors with as much information as they possibly can. And so we knew that they would want to engage and and possibly um, 
explore this tool. And so they can, they can select the cancer type. And from there, uh, interacting with that 3D body, they're, they're taken into uh, a very personalized chapter about that cancer. They can learn about those biomarkers. What are the exact treatments? Uh, what are the things to talk about with their doctor? And it's all done in these small bite-sized pieces of content. Uh, so we've taken a very wide ranging multifaceted story and broken it down into something that's for the curious, um, for the determined, those that are wanting to read more just by piquing their interest with a great visual and something that they, they're willing to interact with. So I think that was a really great solve for us to doing what could be overwhelming. Um, but if we're talking more emotional, um, like like even the red balloon, something as quick as, as the red balloon um, or the pain chart, I know we've also recently tried to just hit at one piece, just one visual ad that that is emotional enough to want you to learn more. Uh, we work with a client that does clinical trials for cytomegalovirus, a very debilitating um, disease state for women and newborn babies. And so how do we get women to want to learn about CMV, a disease state that is affecting 80% of women and they don't know nothing about? Uh, we ended up doing a, a beautiful campaign that's these very arresting uh, portrait photos of women uh, and written across their lips is CMV. And so we have this CMV silence campaign, stop the CMV silence. And so just by, you know, piquing the person's interest of who is this wonderful person, what is going on in this photo, uh, we can then get them to hopefully read more, sign up for the trial and engage a, hopefully a large percentage of that 80% of women that we want to help. It's those emotional stories that I think really, really matter when it comes to data, data visualization. And Chathan, is there one that stands out to you in addition to the ones that JVG just brought up? You know, I was thinking as, as she was speaking and I was, I was thinking, yeah, I, it's funny. I've seen some really campy, I mean, the old days, I, let's go back maybe in the 90s where, you know, when we were just getting, you know, small molecule targeted therapies like Tarceva that were out there. And we were literally putting people walking hand in hand and putting that, superimposing that on top of like the KM chart, right? Or a KM curve. I mean, it was pretty campy, but I think it was effective in immediately communicating this idea of overall survival and what that can get you. What's that higher order benefit, right? And then like, I think not too long ago, we did one where we actually had a, we were doing um, a bit on how robust a certain trial was and they had a diversity, a really diverse uh, patient population. And, and it was actually a point of differentiation from the competitors trials. So one of the things that we did within just instead of just showing like, you know, percentages of this type of patient or that type of patient, we actually superimposed a whole kind of array of, of people uh, across that, that, that graph, if you will. So you immediately understood that there are people of different backgrounds and, and different sizes and shapes and whatnot to get to that diversity point. Uh, as a key uh, differentiating feature of that trial. So again, nothing as clever or amazing as what JVG has been working on recently, 
But, you know, those are some of the more simple approaches. I've really appreciated you both being on the show and being able to share your insights as it relates to data visualization, obviously, where that intersects with the marketing needs and expectations of our audience. I did want to leave on a final note, which I would be remiss if I didn't bring it up because it seems like every leader I talk to in the industry is talking about AI, augmented reality, VR and stuff like that. And JVG, I'll I'll throw it to you and then Chathan, feel free to hop in if you want as well in terms of where that you know, plays a role in data visualization or maybe where that's growing in the future. Yeah. I mean, I I think it still harkens back to those best practices. So understanding the audience and um, meeting them at where they're getting their data and and we want to tell them their stories. So in terms of AR and VR, I mean, there's no stopping that. Uh, I think we're going to start to be telling more personal micro stories to them, um, something that is so tailored to each audience member. Uh, But again, we want to pique their interest in those short form ways, albeit as personal as we can get, as personal as our research will tell us. Um, And and AR and VR are the future. There's there's no stopping that. And we're going to visualize healthcare in new and beautiful ways and still meet them using this, the same practices, whether it was for Napoleon to today. I uh, defer to, to JVG on that, but I think that ultimately at the core behind of what we're doing in terms of storytelling and data visualization and those tenets that we always hold in terms of, you know, every story has an arc, uh, you know, every story should have some tension to keep people engaged. I think those tenets still apply, whether we're using AR, AI, AR, VR, AI, pick your word salad um as 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 the technology advances the fundamentals say the same excellent well chafin jvg i really have appreciated you being on the show hopefully we get to do this again sometime and get to talk more about data visualizations and all the important work that you're doing over at spectrum science yeah well appreciate it thank you for having us